0: I just have um, two words for today. I don't know who this person is, but the father said you cannot hang in the balance and not enter the inside the house. He said right now, what you're doing is you're being two ways. So your house is divided in the inside. You got to either choose the Lord or you're going to have to choose the world. I don't know who that's for, but that's what God's saying to you. And the word that I got for the um I got for everybody that's in here, the Father said whatever you've been praying for and whatever you've been asking for, it's already in motion. Just get just get in the habit of receiving. Amen. Yeah.
1: It's open to the prophets from Fountain Gate if you have a word.
2: While we were worshiping, I just saw over the reset, faithful. This is a faithful church. This morning, I had a word for our church, and I feel like it's for the nation. I I saw that there were going to be five events, uh, breaking news events, and even the media is not going to be able to withhold it, and you're going to see the glory of God. There's someone here, and the Lord is saying, run.
3: You hear him saying, run to him, run to him. And the Lord's waiting. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. And he says, don't put it off. And he says, don't give it to someone else. Don't say this is for someone else when it's for you. You hear the Lord saying, run, Run to him.
4: God loves you. There's somebody here that's dealing with shame. You've got a desire to push you in to serve God. But it's like a python has got a hold of you and it's keeping you bound up like this. You're not able to breathe and move and flow with the Holy Spirit. God wants to roll this reproach off of you tonight in this service.
1: If you're a co-labor here and you feel like God's given you a word for the body tonight, we're going to ask you to give it over the microphone.
3: I'm just going to read it. It's easier. Um, I felt like the Lord was saying, quit comparing yourselves to others. It makes you feel less than you are. Quit trying to be what God has called someone else to be. It makes you lose sight of what I've called you to be. You're not your disciple or your spouse, your siblings. You're no one but you and who I've called you to be. Look at me. Compare yourself to me. Try to be who, be who I am and who I've called you to be. Walk in me. On the other hand, quit trying to make others into who you want them to be. Yeah. Quit judging them because they don't look like you, imitate you, do what you would do. Let them be who God called them to be. Let them walk in me. <laughs> Whenever Pastor Harriet spoke about the person running, I, that word run stuck in my mind, and I heard run, run to me and not to things that are good, but run to things that are God. And I, I heard him say, I will tell you what you need to do, but you don't need to focus on those things. You need to focus on me and the rest I will show you.
5: God gave me a vision, and in the vision, I saw two runners preparing for a race. One was a champion and just showed off and didn't practice, while the other racer was new and trained with all that he had. Then the race came, and when it started, the champion started just showing off while the other racer that had trained ran, and by the time... The champion started running. The other runner was at the finish line. And I heard God say, just because it was easy last time doesn't mean it will be easy this time. Amen. That's good. Thank you. I heard God say, the time of pollinators is over. The time to produce is here. Your dreams and vision will come to pass in this season. Amen. All right. All right.
6: Well, some of you may know, and some of you may not know. So we're just going to tell you, um, the prayer, the prophetic prayer group that we're a part of. That Pastor Ballard is over. That it's part of, um, it's the Hope Fellowship Strategic Prayer Group. We're the Sons of Issachar, and we went. We felt like on the word of from the Lord, we went to Washington D.C. this past week, Tuesday through Friday, and um, we're gonna. We've got most of the group here that went, and we're going to share um, what we got out of that trip, what God showed us. It was amazing. So, and I encourage you to pay attention. There's a lot of great stuff going to be presented here, and it's going to bless you in Revelation. So, our first speaker tonight is Pastor Kathy Ballard. Please make her feel welcome as she comes. <laughs>
1: I knew that was coming. Um, You know, we don't often know very far ahead of time. God will just give us a word that that we're supposed to go, and and we don't necessarily know where we're going to be within the city he sends us to and what we're going to do. We just go in obedience, and a lot of times we find out when we get there. And when I first became part of this group, I really didn't know what my part was, and I've shared that with you all before, but I just sat back, and I watched, and I listened, and I waited for God to show me, you know, I didn't just jump in there like I knew what I was doing, because, uh, you know, it wouldn't have worked out real well, but this time, every time we go, it's a little something more, and God really spoke to me, and he says, what you are is a support, that's your position in this group, you are a support, I'm there to lift prayer over Pastor Ballard and I'm there to observe and watch and see and um, discern. And also this time I became a little bit of a navigator on this trip. And, and, but God really spoke to me through it. I, I didn't do, a, I mean, it was, we were go, we didn't even know where we were going and, you know, where the streets were and, and it probably took twice as long to do it because it, you know, but God really spoke to me. He said, now next time what I, 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 I wanted to show you what it would be like if, if you tried to do things on the fly, but next time, you know, get maps, find out where and, and have a plan when you get there. And um, but God really did some things through it all, and put us in places we never imagined we'd be, and we saw things that only, you know, could only be God. And you know, the thing I would say to anybody who feels like they want to institute this in their family, in their neighborhood, you know, in this area, um, in the way that God would have you do it, it would be, it's going to be different than what we do. But as far as prayer strategies, and you know. Just pray that God'll show you your place. Not don't try to like Jennifer prophesied. Don't try to be somebody else because it you know you think it looks real neat or don't try to talk like somebody else or walk like somebody else or or do the things they do that God has them doing, but put you know, wait and let God put you in the place that He's called you to be and what He wants you to do. And, you know, don't feel like you have to do things in a hurry, but you know, we, we all have a learning time, and we may not be real good in the beginning, but he's going to hone us and use us and, and use our experiences that we feel like we might not have done that good to be able to speak to us and grow us and show us what to do better.
6: Amen. 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 Ooh, amen. All right. Would you welcome Pastor Terry Lamb from Fountain Gate Church. Good
7: evening and it it's such a blessing to be here tonight and before I say anything else I want to thank those of you that prayed for us while we were on this trip. God did just some incredible things um, and you'll hear about it tonight but one thing I want to say is as you listen tonight to to what we have to share don't, don't walk away with uh, you should have been on this trip but let the Holy Spirit stir in you what is God calling you to do Because you know what? He could call you to go down the street to go to Kroger. And all the frozen peas in Kroger could melt because the Holy Spirit falls. And the fire of God falls because you were obedient. And it's all about obedience. You don't know when you leave, but you'll know when you get there. Because the Lord is so faithful. Um, If I were to name this trip, we name a lot of things. I would name it the trip of confirmation and the the trip of freedom. Because there's a lot of freedom. And everywhere we went there was confirmation. It was just so amazing. We kind of had an idea when we got there, confirmation after confirmation. The first day that we're there, uh, we're on a train, and, and it just so happens our group's the only in the only ones in this car, and Pastor John Cowan looks down. He goes, uh, Terry, are those your notes? And I go, no, there's some pieces of paper on the floor. And I look, and one of them says Acts 8.14. And I said, yes, they are. And I scooped them up and there were three scriptures that just confirmed what we were doing, why we were there. But Pastor Dexter, the, the prophetic word that you had about the, you know, the, the person having one foot in the world and, and wanting to serve God, that's the real unfortunate part of this. This is Acts 8.14. And somebody really had a grasp. Somebody really was, the Lord was speaking to them about the power of God. You turn it over on the back and it's a grocery list for some Pepsi and some alcohol, and some cigarettes, and you know, the Lord was speaking to me, don't let compromise stop you from being in the will of God, when you're in the will of God, the power of God is going to fall, and a lot of times, you know, we look at this, and we go, well, I don't drink, or I don't smoke, I'm not compromising, compromise is anything that keeps you out of God's will, it could be gardening when he's called you to be out on the streets preaching. Or it could be fishing when he's called you to pray. So no compromise. Um, the first day we were there, we went to a park to pray, and it was, just, it was so amazing. The whole time I heard our worship leader, it was like she was walking beside me, singing in my ears. So I'm doing warfare, and I hear her worshiping. But they let us out of the van, and we're in this park, and when we get out, they're rototilling the park. There's areas in the park, and they're getting ready to plant. And I'm going, man, they are breaking up the fallow ground. Thank you, Jesus. And we're just so excited, and we go and we pray. We get it back in the van, and do you know what? That whole field was already planted. They had planted not just the seeds, but they had flowers already in place. I mean, it was a quick thing. And we're believing, God, that what we did on this trip, there's going to be some quick results. Um, The next day, we went to pray, and they're going to share, so I don't want to say too much, but we were there last year, and, you know, it's just, there's no such thing as a coincidence in the kingdom of God, and this year, when we went back, we saw where God had increased and advanced the kingdom of God. Where we were last year, one of the areas we saw, there was this tent, you know, and it was like dinosaurs, you know, teach the kids about dinosaurs, and you know, kids love dinosaurs. But it was the seeds of, as, as our pastor calls it, evolution. And they were teaching evolution to the children. Well, this year, and I'm not going to talk about it. Somebody else is going to talk about it. This year It was a totally different set. It was a God thing where we had been last year. Um, we, were, we didn't know what we were going to see as far as, you know, the protesters and the anti-this and the anti-that. We saw worship. We saw worship. And one other thing, like I said, everywhere we went, there was, there was confirmation but we had been talking about horses, and we'd had a word about red horses, and then uh, someone had a word about white, a white horse and Jesus coming on victory, and we went to go pray, and we're standing in front of the, the archives building, and we're praying for our protective, for freedom. You know, we're praying over the Constitution. We're praying that we're going to have the liberty to continue, not just to continue serving Christ, but to increase. We're praying increase. And we look up. And here comes a policeman riding by on a white horse. And we're like, thank you, Jesus. Now, some of y'all may say, well, you know, a policeman on a white horse. But that was the only horse that we saw, the white horse, in DC. And it's a policeman, law and order, because we're praying against, you know, uh, a civil war. We're praying against, you know, an insurrection. We're praying against a revolution. And here comes the policeman on the white horse. We're going, to thank you, Jesus. Then, yeah, it was a wonderful reflection. Then, here come right after that, here come three buses. First bus has a red horse on it. We're going, thank you. In the middle, the second bus had a white magnolia on it. I'm texting Angie, I'm going, what, a, what does a magnolia mean? It is the nobility and the purity of the bride, it is the bride of Christ. And the third bus, it's another red horse. So you see in the warfare, there's warfare. And warfare that we went to do is to help protect the, the nobility and the purity of the bride of Christ. Last thing, um, on the way home, we're riding back from the, uh, from the Atlanta airport. And I'm kind of tired and I'm dozing. And the Lord says, I want you to, to look at the trucks. I want you to watch the trucks. Now, that's not normally something I do. And he said, I'm going to show you what I'm sending into Auburn. I'm like, okay, and I'm watching, and I see FedEx, and I see this, this I call it the salsa truck. That's not what it is, but I can't pronounce it. I see all these trucks, and there's nothing. And so for about 30 minutes, we're going down the road, and ding, 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 I look up, and there is a truck that says John 3.16. And for a few minutes, we're following this truck into Auburn, and I'm going, thank you, Jesus. But then... We pass this truck. I've never heard of this before. The name of this company is called Benefit Trucking Company. Benefit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all, Pastor Lane, who forgives all thine iniquities and heals all thine diseases. So I want to leave you. See, we went to do warfare for our nation and because of our obedience, the Lord is sending the blessings back to us. So I want to leave you. There's a lot of scriptures, but I want to leave you. Read Psalms 103 tonight. Amen. Love y'all.
6: Amen. All right. Well, we did get to hear Pastor Angie Saylor this morning, but um, she's not feeling too well, so she didn't get to come. To, so... I'm sad about that for y'all because it was great, but it's all right. we got plenty more great speakers coming, but I'm going to speak to you now a little bit about what I got out of the trip. (laughs) Y'all are sweet. I'm a lot like Pastor Kathy. I didn't, I kind of just sit back and see where I'm supposed to fit in because I feel like they are all so much wow. (laughs) So, but God is good and he uses us all and we all fit together. And that's one of the things that's so amazing about this group. We're so diverse and, but there's so much unity in our group and it just, and God, God can take 11 people from so many different backgrounds and even different areas of the country and put us together and we work in unity, and the synergy we have goes. Go, we just—it's just amazing, and um, it goes along with Ephesians four, being knit together in love, and we're every joint supplying that which God has given each of us. And that's my paraphrase. I believe it's just a reflection of the the body of Christ. And, and I'll read you Ephesians four sixteen. It says, "From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies." According to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And um, I really agree wholeheartedly with what Terry was saying. God is calling each of us to do our part. It, it, you may not be called to this group, but you know we've, heard, we've said it over and over again in this church that... God is looking for those that are available to him. Availability is the key. There's nothing as satisfying as giving yourself over completely to the will of God. And I just encourage you, um, 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. And that loyal means fully committed. And it's just amazing what God can do through available, obedient vessels. And I'd Just encourage you to everywhere you go, look for opportunities to be available to God and pour out the treasure that he's given us, the great treasure. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be available. He wants to use each one of you. And um, prayer is one of those wonderful ways God can use you. And I wanted to just tell you how grateful I am that for each and every one of y'all that backed us up in prayer, that sacrificed yourself in intercession for us, you armored us in prayer. I believe God told me I... I believe that's one of the main reasons everything went so well. Um, we had some battles, of course, not with not between us, external battles, but God we won every single one of those. God we watched God give us a victory every time, and it was so satisfying. And I know it was because of y'all backing us up in prayer and covering us in prayer. Um, because you know the enemy's always gonna want to hinder or stop what God is doing. Um, but we and um and I know y'all Our pray in church, but I want to remind you that prayer is the battle plan. Prayers and intercession are so powerful, and we couldn't have accomplished anything without it. We could feel your prayers every day, and you were invaluable to the success of this God-ordained mission. And I believe our fruit is your fruit. And you can read Philippians 4.17 later. And I just want to remind you that prayer is the foundation for everything. It's the foundation of the Christian life. It's one of those basics you're never going to be able to get away with get away from and I don't know why you'd want to anyway you get to experience the Lord and draw closer to him and hear his voice I mean that's life okay what else why wouldn't you want to do it <laughs> I just encourage you to keep praying for this country and the president whether you like him or not because the word tells us to do so anyway and um, for God to grace this country with Holy Ghost revival because I believe our freedom depends upon it so amen that's all I got Uh. <laughs> Y'all can remind, help me remember who. Oh, Pastor. Oh, Pastor Sharon Strong. Would you welcome her? She's comes to speak. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm
8: like Pastor Kathy. I I didn't really know what I was supposed to be doing in this group because, and like Susan, Pastor Susan said, all of these guys are such anointed preachers, and I'm just me. But, um, and last night I went to bed thinking, well, you know, I don't really have anything to share, so I'm just going to sit back. But the Lord woke me up this morning before my clock went off, and I heard the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I heard it about four times. And I, the clock hadn't gone off yet, so I was, I was still asleep. And as soon as the clock went off, I heard it again. And up above that scripture, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Then it says, The effective, vervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, we went throughout the city praying Over all the streets. The the streets were named after the different states of the United States. I can't remember all of them. But I know we prayed over Alabama Street. And I think it was Georgia and Florida. So we prayed over all of the streets. And we repented for the sins of of our nation. And God is saying that he's heard those prayers. And that they're going to avail much.
6: Amen. I love you guys amen hallelujah all right make pastor joey strong i think he came next <laughs> pastor joey didn't you come after or what did i mean okay i'm sorry come on down welcome pastor joey <laughs> we'll figure it out
0: thank you well like everybody said it was an awesome trip ordained of god and uh you know before we went the lord gave me a word And uh, the word was that uh, we have two days to fulfill this mission, although our trip was a little longer. We only had two full days to spend doing what we were supposed to be doing. And so he said this is not a trip or vacation or sightseeing, looking for great places to eat, although God did bless us in that area, but that was not our focus. We just landed where we landed and ate what was there. But I want to tell you, it was a very intense trip. It was a trip of work. We worked all day long, two days, constantly. We were in a van packed in there, you know, uh, like sardines, (laughs) worshiping the Lord, laughing, cutting up. But I'm telling you, we were working, and we were doing warfare. We went all over that city to every corner that you can imagine with our famous navigator there uh, (laughs) at least once. And our two famous drivers, we had Pastor Ballard driving one day, Pastor John the next day, and uh, it was awesome. God, I mean, you know, we were zipping around and trying to cover as much territory as we could in the short time that we had. But I want to tell you, I believe in my heart and my spirit that we accomplished what we went to accomplish. We didn't know exactly where we were going before we got there for the most part, but when we got to where we were supposed to be, it was very clear The Lord spoke, and this is it. This is what you're going to do. We got out, uh, sometimes out of the van, sometimes in the van, and we got it done. But here's what I want to say. It was already mentioned about some red horses and white horses. We've had prophecies come forth over this last year from every corner of the United States and all over the world, really, that have just supernaturally and undeniably and without question confirmed who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And we're not the only group like this. There are many of them out there. And I knew as soon as we got to Atlanta, I knew right then that we were on the right path because the first person we saw in the airport, and somebody else is going to probably talk about this, was uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, the the opposition, right as soon as we got there. So I knew, you know, whenever you go to do something for God, the first person you're going to confront, confront is the devil. And so there was the devil, Uh, I mean, uh, there was uh, this lady. And, uh, (laughs) no, I take that back, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) But there was a representative of the opposition, of communism. And so, uh, you know, we didn't have any confrontation or anything, but it it was just another confirmation that we were in the right place at the right time. And uh, it was mentioned about those prophecies. And, and, and according to these prophecies, and I believe with all my heart that these people are right on, on the money because you just have to look around. And, and if you have any sense and any discernment of all in the spiritual realm, you can see all of these things building up and coming to pass. And I want to say this. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it. But there is, it's been prophesied that a red wave it's coming in in 2018, okay? 2018 is the year of the red wave. We know what red represents in the political world. It po- represents the Republican Party, and this is not about politics. I want y'all, and I don't want to take Pastor Bill's message like he stole mine this morning, but <laughs> I'm going to let him have it since he's already, <laughs> I'm kidding with you, brother. But anyway, it's not about that. It's about Jesus. It's about the blood of Jesus. Red represents a a, a righteousness in the blood of Christ. And that's what our mission is, is to invoke the name of Jesus over all the evil that has taken place. Because this year, I believe, and it's already happening, and if you have, like I said, any discernment, you can tell, you can sense in the spirit that things are on the move. And we're just a small part of that, but an important part. And, and uh, you know, it's not, we're not just an insignificant group, and you are not just an insignificant prayer person. Yeah. We have a tendency to take ourselves too lightly yeah. in, in our prayer lives. You know, we have a tendency to say, well, what difference does it make if I pray? I'm a nobody. It makes a big difference, okay? Right. I want to read a scripture to you. I'm taking too much time already. Excuse me. But I can't stop, and I can't not read the scripture. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, 1 Timothy chapter 2. He says, most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayers and requests as you intercede with intense passion. Brother, I'm going to tell you, we interceded with some intense passion. And I know you guys did too, and we're grateful for, for the support. And it says, and pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. We're about to enter into a time, I'm just going to tell you, where evangelism is going to be easier for you than it's ever, ever been in your life. You're about to enter into a time where God is lifting the deception off of people's eyes. People that have been duped and deceived for many years are going to see truth. And there is going to be a move of revival, of, of, of awakening, of salvation for people that have been locked in chains for a long time. And uh, I ain't going to keep going. I'm going to let somebody else talk. But it was an awesome, awesome trip. God bless all of y'all. Thank you.
6: Yes. Hallelujah. All right. Would you welcome Pastor Linda Birmingham as she comes? Woo! (laughs) Hey, everybody.
2: Um, In this prayer group, nothing is decided without a prophetic word. And I never told y'all this. Well, I don't think I did, but. Uh, somebody came in with the word to go to D.C. And so, we decided we were going to go. And so, uh, ultimately, uh, Fran and I have a lot of responsibility. And she called me up and she said, we don't have a word to go to D.C. I said, well, okay, let's pray. So, we prayed and God didn't give one word. He gave about four. And... Um so the most important thing is that you know this was no vacation. Most of the time when we go it's not a vacation. Oh, you may get to see something but that's all you're going to do is look at it from afar. We didn't go on any tours or anything and um it was it was go in there, do your business and get out. Well, on Wednesday morning we left what about 11 o'clock, and, and we did not stop until 6.30 that night. We were hitting roads. There was a prophetic word to go to 12 gates. Were we? Oh, that was Wednesday, Thursday that we left. Yeah, well, we were gone all day long. And... um it was so, I mean, my neck was sore from the turns that we took. I mean, we're in this van, and Sharon says, Linda, my neck is sore. And I said, mine is too, but I think it's from trying to brace yourself in the van because we were whipping in these streets, in and out, and praying. And, and uh, I mean, it was just, it was so intense. Well, The word that we got was I'm, okay. um, The word we got was uh, Psalms 40, the whole chapter. And I'm just going to read you some of it. Establishments will come because of your obedience. There will be the first day two suddenlies, because in that scripture it says, "Aha, aha, and then in chapter uh, 70 of Psalms, it says it again. Aha. Uh-huh. So I knew we were going to have two suddenlies. And we did. I'm telling you, God showed up. In Psalm 70, verse 9, it says, You will finish strong. Well, we had obstacles. We had the devil trying to stop. I mean, Thursday was a day of intense battle. I'm talking battle. But God showed up and he showed out. Okay, he says, in Psalm 71, 16, we will go in the strength of the Lord, showing strength to this generation. The Lord told me this morning, he said, everything we did was for somebody else. It wasn't us. It was not for us. We took our money. We took our time. We took our energy just to be obedient. Just to be obedient. And it's not easy sometimes. He said, we will go in the strength of the Lord. Well, there will be an increase of anointing. And then in Isaiah 45, 1, he says, I will loose the, uh, the loins of kings to open before him leaded gates, and gates shall not be shut. I will make crooked ways straight. Let them bring forth salvations. This is Isaiah 45. Ask of me things to come concerning my sons and concerning the works of my hands. Command ye me. And then this, this is the key. Now, we had no idea what was going to happen. But we had these scriptures before we left. He said, I will direct all thy paths. He shall build my city and let go my captives for for not for price or reward okay when we got through with our mission andrew brunson was released as a captive from turkey for 2 years he had been he was a pastor he was released all right this says i will direct all thy ways he shall build my city and let go My captives, not for a price or reward. Trump got on Fox News and he said, we did not pay a hostage fee. We did not pay anything. Now, you can't make this kind of stuff up. He knew that was going to happen. And he showed us before we even left. Okay? The second thing, there was a priest that resigned who was walking in perversion from the Catholic Church in D.C., a cardinal, okay? And then the third thing was we got a report on the IDF that a woman was healed miraculously at Carlos's church in Nashville. She had gone, and she had cancer, and she went back in for her um, exam, and they could find no cancer. So you've got pastors being set free. You've got perversion being stopped, and you've got miracles that are coming. So believe God. Amen?
6: That's all I got. Glory. Okay. Yeah, I normally send the shofar blasts out to the leadership. I'm sorry. I haven't forgot about sending out the praise report. It's been kind of crazy since we got back, but I'm just going to read it to you real quick. Juanita Gonzalez, the lady from Nashville, went to the doctor today and the doctor said he couldn't understand it. She went from stage four cancer to just a benign mass that can be operated on with no chemotherapy. Another great miracle by our awesome God. That's awesome. (laughs) Woo! All right. Now we're going to get to hear Pastor Bill Birmingham. Make him feel welcome as he comes.
9: Well, there's been some discussion. Let me get a mic. That might help, wouldn't it? There's been some it's old goats, you know. There's been some discussion about possibly changing the name of our group to Old Breakthrough Prayers, <laughs> or the Geriatric Warriors. It was one. I'm gonna tell y'all that van was great. Like Linda said, our necks were hurting everything. When we stopped and opened the doors, it was like opening a box of Rice Krispies, <laughs> snack crapple, pop coming out of there. But we made it. You know, they say an army runs on its stomach. Our army runs on your prayers. See, it's not just us praying, it's all of us praying. Um, In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I didn't share this verse this morning, but of course we all know this, 10, um, I'm going to start with verse 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. That's what we were there to pray for. I'm sorry, did I take something? Okay, I'll give it back. Okay. Well, that was so good I had to repeat it. You know, I couldn't come up with nothing. I couldn't come up with nothing. I had to take what you had. But I do got a new word. We were in a meeting this morning and the uh, reason I'm saying that is because, and I'm not going to take no more of his stuff. I could go there. I'm going to stop right there. Hey, if you get good stuff, you got to repeat it, right? Amen. We, we dogged him. Bless his heart. Y'all really need to pray for him and me as I drop all my junk. Okay. There was a word given in the evangelism meeting this morning. Uh, pastor Jeremiah said tend. And, you know, tend to the sheep, the passion, and all that. But we looked it up. And I, want, I got three things I want to tell y'all. And this is what I, why I read the scriptures because we tend to walk in the flesh. And we don't realize the potential and the glory and the power that resides within this body, the holy temple of God. And we have something to take to the people. Not us, but what's in us. So 10 means three things. Regularly or frequently behave in a particular way or to have a certain characteristic. That's what we have. That's our characteristic is to be godly people and to proclaim the gospel of the good news and to pray for people. The second, be liable to possess or display a particular characteristic. See, it's not we just go pray, and we're done, okay, we're finished, let's go home, have a party, and enjoy. This characteristic is 24-7 all the time. This is what rules and reigns within us. And we have got to pray for this nation with that characteristic. The last thing is to go or move in a particular direction. That's what was said already. We we go to these... uh, Places sometimes, like I said, it's at the last minute. We, we never know what we're going to be doing sometimes. I will say this. What really spoke to me was while we are in the van riding, and we'd say, okay, where are we going next, and whatever area it was, and we'd say, all right, what is the main prayer, or what are we supposed to be doing in battle at this place, or warfare? And everybody in that van would start praying, and we prayed in unity, even though we all prayed in different words. Because our warfare was on. We had that. The last thing I want to share. I don't know if I'm going to find it now. Maybe I ain't supposed to share it. There was a prayer that uh, the pastor Brunson gave when he prayed for President Trump. I was going to read it to you. but uh, Yeah, it's in OBP. If you don't mind, let let me read. I want us to pray this prayer. Is that all right? Is that all right, pastor? Because I got it right here. Thank you. All right. He prayed this for President Trump. This is, like I said, it's not political at all. This is to have and to tend to this country to be a nation under God, a nation for God, and to spread that good word. I want to pray this. I'm just going to read this prayer. Lord God. I ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on President Trump, that you give him... Sorry. Supernatural wisdom to accomplish all the plans you have for this country and for him. I ask that you give him wisdom in how to lead this country into righteousness. I ask that you give him... uh, perseverance and endurance and courage to stand for truth I ask that you protect him from slander from enemies from those who would undermine I ask that you make him a great blessing to this country fill fill him with your wisdom and strength and perseverance and bless him and may he be a great blessing to our country in Jesus name and we bless you amen that's what our goal was not just for President Trump, but for good men to do something, and hopefully do it in the name of our mighty Creator, Father God, in the name of the Jesus, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Keep it up, keep it up, y'all. The reason this is going on is for you. Amen. All right,
6: y'all. Welcome, Pastor Harriet Lane as she comes
3: Yay. I want to thank you for your prayers too because for me physically this was probably the easiest trip I've ever had and um, so I just really attribute that to prayer thank you so much and uh, My confirmation to go on this trip was found in Proverbs 21 that God gave to me. And it says, A wise man scales the city of the mighty and casts down the strength of the confidence thereof. And if you look up all those words together, it talks about a wise man. It talks about military. And we knew we were going as a military unit. It talks about mounting the walls of the city. We knew we were going up to the city there, and God was giving strategies. And like they said, sometimes we didn't know what we were going to do till we got there. And then we got there, and God gave us strategies. Yeah. We knew uh, what to do and where to go. Uh, wisdom to tear down the strongholds. Yeah. So God showed us exactly what to do, like he always does. Um, 20, verse 24 of that scripture says, The proud and haughty scorner is his name who deals in proud wrath. So we knew that we were dealing with the spirit of Antichrist. We knew what we were coming up against there. In verse 31 it says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And back in battle days, men would get up on their horses and they would count on their horses to give them safety. But God said, Your safety is going to be from me. Amen. And so we knew we had that as we went in. And... Uh, Two things that God kept doing on this trip, he kept giving confirmation and he kept giving strategy and I just want to encourage you that when God gives you something to do, he's going to give you confirmation and then he's going to give you strategy, amen. 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 Well, before we uh, got out of Atlanta airport, Dan and I went to a restaurant to eat, which is something we hardly ever do. Usually we don't have the time to, and usually we'll just grab something and go sit in the gate. But we had a lot of time, and we said, well, let's just go into this restaurant. And so we went in and we ate, and um, the waitress that waited on us when we got through eating, Dan, went off to go take care of something for the ticket. And as soon as he went off, she came up to me, and she said, I don't always have liberty, but... And she put her hand on my shoulder. And when she said that and did that, it got my attention. And I knew it was the Lord speaking through her. And she said, God is telling me that you are on a mission of the Lord. And I knew she meant you, all of us, our group. And she said, it will be blessed and you will be blessed. And that's exactly what happened. I think I managed to say, uh, 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 yes, we are actually on a mission from the Lord, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome. Confirmation. Confirmation. And then um, God gave a dream the first night we were there. And in the dream, we took a group of children up a mountain on a trip. And the next morning, we got in the van, and the first one to speak up said, I believe we're supposed to go in childlike faith. We're supposed to just go as children today. (laughs) And I thought, well, here go all the children, you know. And then another person said, we're supposed to go to the, God has told me that we're supposed to go to the highest point in Washington, the highest elevation, which turned out to be Fort Reno. So there was the mountain. So God was giving strategies. In the dream as well, God uh, spoke uh, through the dream that we were to put on the right clothes, That our garments needed to be clean. So we, you know, we were just checking ourselves and just making sure uh, if there was any unclean thing there that we needed to get right with the Lord, you know, before we went, we needed to take care of that. And not only that, but we needed to put on the right garments. We needed to, to be in the right position, just like an army has different. Uh, parts to it. We needed to be in the position that God was telling us to be in, and that through all of that, that we would have safety. The first day, uh, we went to a park across from the White House and uh, had opportunity to witness to a lady who was from China, living in Canada, and had come to visit and take a vacation in the United States and was right there right then. And so I just thought it was so neat because, you know, in China, um, it's, the gospel's not real free there. And so he brought her from China to Canada to the little park right there at the restroom where we were so that we could uh, plant some seeds about Jesus with her. And when we got through with that, we went, we sat down, and we looked over here, and here was the park service. And the White House is here, and they were doing a row of planting flowers right there and we were just looking at that and seeing what god just you know god will give you a picture he is so cool and so he just gave us a picture of what was going on and i asked him what they were planting, and he said we're planting mums and one of the words for mums means joy and so we just began to pray the joy of the lord upon president trump his family and uh, upon the group which definitely had that, no problem, <laughs> and um, I asked the man if I could take his picture, and when I asked him, he stood up straight, got his hat right, got his hoe, and looked at me to take that, that picture, and God spoke to me and said, we need to take just as serious as he is the job of planting and watering. He took it so seriously, and we need to take it seriously. So, like they said, we rode through the neighborhoods. We saw uh, good neighborhoods, bad neighborhoods. We prayed against spirits of poverty in places, bondage, whoredom, perversion. Uh, Like going as little children, we saw little children in every neighborhood. They had a, a park or a playground in every neighborhood, and God just had us pray for the children there. We saw some rainbow flags, you know, hanging from some houses. But one thing that was so neat, we saw this huge banner and it was just so wide, and it came from the top of the house all the way down to the bottom of the house. And on that banner, it said, We Always Pray for the President, 1 Timothy 2.2. Two. And so we were encouraged because, you know, there's other people out there doing that work too. It just really encouraged us. Um, we prayed uh, over the different streets, the pastors and uh, in the sister churches and things like that. The second day, we prayed over the government, did a lot of spiritual warfare. Um, We had strategic positions that we were to pray from. We kept hearing the word freedom, 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 freedom. And um, like someone else already shared, we had put Pastor Andrew Brunson on our prayer list about two years ago. And we've been praying for him. And um, so we get up Friday morning, come down to the lobby, and hear that he has been set free. And so that was just so encouraging, so awesome. And um, like Pastor Bill said, the prayer, um, we, we were kind of hoping we would run into President Trump ourselves. We kind of wanted to have the opportunity to pray for him. We were kind of looking for him in restaurants, you know, and we didn't get to do that. But I happened to turn on the television Saturday, and there was Brunson, Pastor Brunson, and he I turned it on right before he said, "Can I pray for you, uh, President Trump?" And I don't know if you noticed, the president was like, "Yeah, you can be praying for me." <laughs> and it, and uh, he gets down on one knee, and it just—I hum- know it just humbled, had to humble President Trump as he laid a hand on him and prayed for him. All the prayers that we had lifted up that week, he just—he was able to pray that into his ears. And I really believe that he received those things. So God is good. We had a great trip. And I want to just say one more thing, and that's something that you probably all know, and that's that your pastor, Pastor Ballard, and my pastor, he is a man of integrity. We had several circumstances come up that were beyond our control. Not things that we could help. And I want to tell you that we watched him. And he went above and beyond to do the right thing. And so uh, I just want to say that. That's you, Pastor Ballard. God bless you.
6: Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Welcome our next speaker, Pastor Dan Lane, Senior Pastor of Fountain Gate Church.
4: That's been mentioned, but I'm going to go ahead and reiterate this. You're not junk. Nobody here is junk. Everybody here is made special. You're made in the image of God. You're given a gift mix that's totally different and unique from everybody else. God can use you just like he used me, and I'm not anybody. And each one of these people in this group will tell you the same thing, that we just want to do what God wants us to do, and we're obedient, and God uses us. And he uses some astounding, very, very astounding ways. And he wants to use you the same way as well. Now something came to my heart. God brought it up this morning when we were worshiping. And I shared on that in our service. And I wasn't planning on doing it at that time. But I feel like it's very relevant to what we're doing. And that is when we were on a a mission here uh, just prior to the election back in 2016. We went down to Key West and to um, St. Augustine and uh, y'all probably know the story on that. But there's one aspect you may not know. There's a, uh, a statue in Key West, very oppressive, very demonic area down there. If you've ever been to Key West, you know what I'm talking about spiritually. Uh, they call this statue the Wreckers. Wreckers. And what they would do at one point in, on that island for their economy uh, they would get, get in boats and they would go out to the reefs where ships would come through that area and they would crash on those reefs and they would salvage the goods that were on those ships. And on this particular statue that's there, God just brought it up to my remembrance because I hadn't even thought about that until today. And it just nails down what this thing is about that we did on this trip. There's a man that's standing in the, in the, the uh, slope of the, the deck is there, and the, you can see the mass going up on the statue. And he's standing there, a big burly guy, and he's got a baby, a young, not really a baby, a young child that's on his back. And if you went back and read the description on this, this plaque, he went in, and they, they would find children and sometimes other survivors on that boat, and they would save those children's lives and bring them in. And what we went uh, to D.C. to do was not for ourselves. It was for these little ones that are here to give them a future and a hope. Amen. 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 So that's what this is all about. And, and uh, we sacrificed the time. I mean, this this is a busy group. We've got a lot of stuff that, that we need to be doing. But this was priority. God spoke. We, we, uh, we took off to go. And I didn't share this with the group. But God spoke to me. We were going to be in Joel Chapter 2 on the trip. So... I'm going to go ahead and share a little bit on this, which is deviation from this morning. But in 2.2, uh, it says uh, that this is a day of darkness and of gloominess. And where we went, there was a heavy, heavy darkness on the city of D.C. As we traveled around to 12 different gates, we went also to the highest point in the city. And we also went to a place of four corners. And I'm going to get into that in just a second. Uh, a fire dark devoured before them, and the fire of God was on us as we traveled through the city. And it says in verse seven, "They shall run like mighty men, and they shall climb the wall." The wall is that prayer hedge that we were a part of putting up and walking in. In verse nine, "They shall run to and fro; they shall drive a white van to and fro through the city." <laughs> that was God. There was no mistake on this trip. That was the way we were supposed to do that. We we made at least seven rounds of the city. Okay, the Jericho uh, march in a van. Okay, that's we did it. I can testify, we were worn out by the end of the day. They shall run upon the wall; they shall climb up upon the houses. The house, the senate. We were supposed to minister there. That's that. We just we did that very thing as well. And then uh, going on over into the the latter part of the chapter here. Blow the trumpet in Zion. We fasted, sanctified fast, call an assembly, gather the people. We went. The assembly at Fountain Gate, the assembly here, y'all are part of this, as much a part as what we were. So we can't go in that environment without the covering there. Then in uh, verse 17, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, we cried out for the people, and give not thy heritage to reproach that the heathen should rule over them. There are evil people that are in Washington, D.C., that are in our government. Some of them believe and have been influenced and have some thought patterns that are strongholds. Those we can deal with, because the weaponry of warfare is mighty to pulling down to those strongholds. That's not talking about in us. That's talking about in prayer. We literally have the authority to go and do that and get the blindness off of them and the lightning of God can come in and they can see the light. That's what that's about. But there are people that are evil that are there. And we came in in confrontation with that evil that's in that city and came head-to-head uh, head without bringing the light in. If we don't do that, if good men do not do what we're supposed to do, evil is going to prevail. They're going to come in, and they're going to take away our, our freedoms, and there will be tyranny in this nation, and our children will not be raised in a country that we want them to be in. We have a, a responsibility here, every one of us, to see that this does not take place. And the gift mix and and the calling God has put on our lives. Now, I'm going to share with you a little bit about what happened here. Uh, We went up to the highest point, Fort Reno. When we were there, it's a Civil War era tower. It's pretty cool. looks like something out of the Middle Ages that's there that they built many, many years ago. And there's an oak tree that was there. And we had a word that we were supposed to build an altar there. Now, when we got there, we, uh, we, we went to an oak tree and an altar was built. And a water drink offering was poured over it. And biblically, you go through God's word, and altars, when they were built, were given a name. And we, were so, we started talking about it and said, what, what name are we supposed to give this? And I think uh, Pastor Radar, were you the one that found it? Okay. Uh, Pastor Kathy, she pulled up on a Google search and found out something very, very interesting about that place. During the Civil War, that was a safe house for slaves that had escaped the bondage and tyranny of slavery. And they had run to that place, and it was a sanctuary for them to funnel them on up into freedom up in the northern part of the country. That was an altar that we gave the name Freedom. Freedom was what the trip was about. We drove the next day, and we made a turn when we were up on Capitol Hill, and I looked up, and it blew my mind. Because on top of the Capitol is a statue. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. And that statue is Lady Freedom. It's up there. And that statue had scaffolding around it where they were going in and redoing it and cleaning up and and resetting Lady Freedom while we were there. So you've got the altar that we built and that was poured over was Freedom. We look up and we see that freedom is being redone in the country on the Capitol building. And then the next day, that pastor's free. He was in, in bondage in Turkey. So that, this is a season of freedom. This is a season where God is going to use us if we understand and flow with this anointing he's given us to walk in. And it's going to be a dynamic maybe we're not used to being in in the past because the power and authority is going to be there for us. Amen? Now, the first place we went to on uh, Wednesday... I'm going to back up to that, was uh, a square, and it was right next to the White House. It's called Lafayette, uh, Lafayette, uh, Lafitte, depending on what part of Alabama you're from, okay? Lafitte Square, and it was uh, named that after a general who came in from France and was a general, one of our allies during the Revolutionary War. That particular uh, square, that garden, It's made up of seven acres, the number of completion there. Lafayette in the French means faith. We had no clue when we got there. So we go to the faith square that's right in the back door of the Capitol, of the White House, where the president resides, and we begin to go into ward and precatory prayer there. And there, there were four corners around that particular square, universal truth. So we had Uh, Every aspect of this was dealing toward and pointing toward freedom. And the generals that were there, some of the things that were on those statues in those four corners were astounding. Uh, One of them in particular uh, had a shield and sitting on top of a globe. And standing on that was an eagle, intercessor, the eagles, the intercessors. On the other side of that one particular uh, statue, there was another eagle, and that eagle it wasn't like the one that's, that's on the Mexican flag. This one had a viper and had it slammed down on the ground and was about to kill it on top of the globe. So this is the, the picture of intercession. That means to come down beside uh, someone, to come in, in their favor and to cry out to God for them. And there's going to be two things that are going to happen, two different types of meetings, but every time a meeting will take place, and this is what happened with us, When we were up there uh, in in D.C., you're going to come in a meeting between the people that you're praying for and Satan. And you're going to come in a meeting place between those people and God himself. And that's what we were doing. We were praying for y'all. We were praying for the people of this nation, ultimately affecting people all around the world. And as importantly, we were coming between the people and the the devil and what he was trying to do in killing this country and and taking our freedom away. But it goes, I mean, just it was a wild Interesting ride as we went around that, that particular place. And that, that, uh, that was the only place we had a policeman come up and was following us. And I thought, to begin with, he was going to hassle us. But Pastor Terry got a word that God sent him to watch out to protect us. Because he was, I noticed he kept looking around and kept watching us while we were doing what we were doing. And he didn't mess with anybody else. And we were doing some serious and precatory prayer there, and it was, it was really Really dynamic in what we're able to do. God's word is very clear, and this is pretty cool right here, that uh, if the foundations are destroyed, you know, we don't have any hope. Is that right? Well, We were uh, in Washington, D.C. back in 2005 with a group, and we went up there to pray over the city. When we were there, this was Pastor Han, and uh, primarily they were people from uh, what was Believer's Church at that time. We went up, we prayed over it. Um, we went to the archives, which has the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence. The original articles in the, in the papers are there. And, and uh, neat to go in and see that. Everybody needs to go up there and just see that, if nothing else, at some time in your life. It's not like going to Macau or a pilgrimage. I'm not saying that, but it's a good place to go. Well, we went across the street, and there's a sculpture garden that's there. And we broke covenant there. We ate as a team at that place, so I felt like we had a connection there, we had some authority because we had broken bread in that garden, and it was really a neat place. Good spirit was on it, and that was just one stop of many that we took on that trip. Well, when we were there last year, we went back and we were praying along the mall, which is just, let me, let me draw the picture here. Here's the archives right here. Then you've got uh, 7th Street runs like this. You've got Constitution that runs here. So you've got the archives across the, the Constitution. Is a sculpture garden, and there's a little street that comes here, and then you get into the mall here that runs between the Capitol and the um, Washington Monument. The yeah, the National Mall, not a shopping mall. Yeah, not a shopping mall. This, this is a several-mile-long piece of uh, lawn, and uh, uh, it's, it's surrounded by a lot of different museums and that type of thing. So now we're getting back to this garden that we're talking about. Last year when we were there, we were praying all over the area. We had specific missions. And we just happened to step back into this garden. Just as a happenstance, There was something that drew us over. Pastor Ballard was not there at that time as the head of the group. And we walked in there, and there was an oppressiveness and a demonic spirit and presence that was there that was not there in 2005. And I've been to some places where the, the demonic oppression is so strong, it, it hurt my chest. You, it, I mean, it was that heavy. So I've been in some demonic places where we fought some warfare before. And this was in that vein. I said, whoa, guys, we need to get out of here, and we need to get out of here quick because we're at the wrong place without our authority here, and, and we scooted everybody out of there. And since that trip, it's been burning in me that the enemy had come in and taken some ground there, that he didn't have any business to to try to take. Cause you see this garden is right there at this gate, and he's right across from the archives, which are the foundation of our country and our liberties. So we need to understand what this was all about. And there's an idol that's in that place. I mean I've got a picture of it. So this is where I did not know for sure we were supposed to go in there till we got there to pray. And that's where we had the white horse come through, and then the two buses, and I knew we were on. So we walked in and The warriors, we prayed over it. Uh, One end of it was fine, and we got down on the end where that idol is, and we went to war down there. And we prayed, and we got a release. Problem, though, is I could not get any closer to it than from here to that door. It was blocked off. So we're not able to deal with it totally. All right, so remember, the archives is here. The garden is here. So we come out, and we walk across the street, and there's a tent that's sitting there. Now, this is cool, guys. I know this is going a little long. But this is cool. There's a place called David's Tent that's there. Okay, now that last year when we were there, it was not at that location. It was down the road somewhere around the mall, but it was not there. And, there, and so we walked out and we, we prayed there the year before. But we walk over and we find out what's happened there is last year we were there in October, and we prayed over that place. In November, within a week to two weeks after we were there, they put that tent right there right next to that gate of hell. And now they've been having 24-7 pr- uh, worship and prayer right there, right in that gate that the enemy's been trying to steal. Amen. Amen. Now, this is cool, too. They put the, uh, that uh, arch of Baal. Did y'all hear about that? Okay, this was a, a replica of the doorway that went into the, the temple of Baal, and Baal worshipped. That was put right there, right next to it, right on 7th Street. And they were supposed to keep it up there for three days. And uh, Terry and I were talking to the lady there, and uh, she she said, and with a gleam in her eye too, she said, well, they were supposed to have had it there for the next number of days, but they took it down a day early. Because they were praying and they were warring. So I felt like that was a breakthrough. We had allies that we ran into that we did not know that were there. Uh, There is, um, I felt like, Perhaps one day I'm going back up there and we're going to do, do some more business there spiritually in that place and, and deal with that gate and get that turned the way it needs to be totally. But we've got allies right there in that gate on a daily basis. And so God's doing something. We saw it, and we, we came away very encouraged by what we saw there. Amen.
6: Glory. All right. Now welcome our pastor, Pastor Mac Ballard, as he comes.
5: Yay. Yeah. Yeah.
9: Yeah. All right.
10: It was an astounding thing, and it. I didn't want to go along this morning because uh, I was there and we we had it, we went really long but on Wednesday uh, we got a we uh, ran into some uh, in the van. Uh, we were going down this really tight street in a rough place and this guy started coming right at me and I was driving so I had to get over as far as I get and my my right mirror nicked the right mirror of a parked car and it caused his mirror to separate. And I thought it was devastating, and they started praying. And we went around the block and got back to it, and it was just two pieces of plastic that had come apart. And we put them back together, and it looked like new. So God God fixed that, and I knocked on several doors looking for the owner of the thing to show him, but we couldn't find anybody. But it was fine, and God, God, that was one of our suddenlies that he did. Uh, And that guy didn't hit me that was coming crazy down the road in this brown van. It was crazy. He was like it. It was wild. It was wild. And then the next day, uh, we bought our uh, parking pass, uh, number 436. And we went in and got lunch. And when we came out, we had a ticket. Not just a plane ticket, a $50 parking ticket. And so I went to pay for it. And uh, uh, Pastor Joe and I went in there. And I was going to pay for it. And the Lord wouldn't let me pay for it. Uh, so I peeled it. And I went to court. Uh, and I started praying, I had a long wait, and our court was different. It was like four to six people in each courtroom with a judge. And they were just doing, for little parking tickets, they were doing a different thing. But, so they called four of us, and we, went. we were in the last courtroom, and they separated Joey and I. And he was praying, and we went in that courtroom, and there was three, three, three things you could do. You could challenge it and say, I'm I'm not guilty. Uh, or I'm guilty with explanation or I'm guilty with no explanation. I just am a low down dirty dog, you know, that's pretty much it. And so uh, I got, I got in there and uh, this lady was really nice. Uh, she she was tough as nails. She was the judge and uh, she was from the islands uh, off the coast and, and she had a neat accent kind of like yours. And uh, she, uh, she was talking to us and this first guy gets up there and he's from Maryland and he parked on the wrong side on Tuesday. Now, now, Washington DC is a different place folks. He parked on the wrong side of the road on Tuesday and gets a $45 ticket. And so he pleads guilty with explanation and he wants some help and um, I thought he had a good defense his mama had had a stroke and he'd come down from Maryland and he forgot that on Tuesday he had to park on the other side of the road cause of the street sweepers coming. And he went out and he realized he saw his ticket. He realized he parked on the wrong side of the road on Tuesday. That's why he got a $45 ticket. So she, I find you have given insufficient evidence to, uh, to give you any uh, benevolence on this. And she, she nailed him for $45. And so the other two guys in there with me were kind of like, oh, we. <laughs> not sure we did the right thing. Uh, but I'm the second guy, and she says, Mr. Ballard, have a seat. And, and we'd already affirmed that we were going to tell the truth. I mean, it was serious. I'm sitting in this thing, and uh, she said, how do you play it? I said, well, I suppose I'm, I'm guilty with explanation because I'm not from around here. And I'm not used to your culture uh, and your system. She said, yeah, you've wandered into D.C., the land of tickets. That's <laughs> what uh, so she told me. She admitted it, that that's what they did, uh, which is taxation without representation. That is their, what they got on their tags there and uh, from an op- for an opposite reason. And uh, so I explained to her what, we were, uh, what I did. I said, we parked. And there are no lines in the parking. We just parked near a meter and we put our money in and we put it up on the dash of the van at the driver's side, which supposed to be on in the right window or right dash. Tor- yeah, it wasn't clear either. And I said, but there's, and they, they said I double park cause we got this big van, but there's trucks bigger than mine. And I explained that to her and I said, there's no markings on the street that marks clear spots. So there's no way. And I said, "Uh, this is going to be a first for me. And she started laughing. She said, you're in the land of tickets. And she said, what do you do for a living? And I told her that I worked at the sheriff's office, and and I was a pastor. And I said, I'm a chaplain. I've been a chaplain for over uh, 35 years. And I said, I started out as a detective. And I said, "Uh, I'm not used to being on this side of of the law. She started laughing. when she started laughing, I, I saw grace fall on her. And I knew that prayer was happening. And so she just sat there, and she looked at me and smiled. And she started typing up a book. Man, this woman could type. You know, and I'm not fast enough. And she types out this thing, and she says, I feel like you've given sufficient evidence. So I I don't believe you're guilty, and uh, I'm going to let you go without a fine. And the other two guys, boy, they went, oh, man. And they, they almost started clapping because they had a chance. <laughs> that first one, man, she dropped the hammer on that poor dude. Boom. You know. And we were all like, oh God, we're in the wrong tour- courtroom. You know, a hanging judge. And then, then was, she changed all the way around for me. And it didn't cost me anything but some time. And she gave it to me and, and uh, I went back to the van there. all oh, yeah, you know, because we thought that was a suddenly and a breakthrough. We felt like we had a breakthrough because there was an unfair attack. It was a, it was a bogus ticket and she knew it was a bogus ticket. And what they do, they hope that it, and every one of them in there, we had out of, out of town tags. I want you to think about that. They hope you're just going to come in and give them your money so you can just get out and and the heck with it. But no, that's not what we did uh, us for anyway. And there was six more in a room and then six more in another room and another courtroom. Uh, but they let us go. She let us go. And then uh, that was the second day. The first day was the, the, the mirror. And we, we had some real attacks uh, because we were there for a reason. Uh, but I'm going to read the scripture that Bill tried to steal from me in my own church, in my face. Thanks to y'all deal with him when he leaves. You know I receive mercy, I'll give mercy. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10:3 For though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons, uh, weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the to the obedience of Christ, and having read in having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so we know that when we went, we had to go in the spirit and do things in the spirit. That we, it, You know, I mean, there we are. I take a picture with Miss Senator Warren, and we know she is communistic, and she's a Marxist, and she's admitted it, and she thinks that, we're the problem. She thinks we're the problem. But you know, God gave me favor with her. She was really nice. She wasn't abrasive. Of course, she's in the South. She's afraid, probably afraid somebody will shoot her. But it, she wasn't like that. And there's this guy from Boston behind me. He's calling her a communist. And don't bring that junk down to, down to Georgia. I moved down here to get away from you. And John goes and calms him down because I thought he was going to jump on her. It was crazy there for a minute. And I just start talking to her, and I want, I want to plant a seed. You know, you, people see a devil, I see an opportunity. You know, how do you change a communist mind? You get them spirit-filled. Yeah. Amen. That's the only way you change a communist mind, because I've been to Russia. I've been in communism. I was in Russia several times behind the iron curtain, behind the wall with KGB agents cursing me and screaming at me. So I know what communism looks like and tastes like and and she's a Marxist but she's a benevolent Marxist and I knew that if she would if I could engage her talk to her a little bit she started talking about infrastructure she sees the moment of all these people and I'm right here and she's right here we've already had our little picture moment and um, it's the one the president calls Pocahontas uh, because she claimed to be uh, a Native American man and she's white as milk. (laughs) <laughs> That's nothing in her but uh, so they've been dogging each other for a long time now but I find her benevolent in, in the way she, she's nice enough you know uh, but she starts talking about how bad infrastructure is and she talks about uh, case in point in Boston where she's from in Massachusetts um, a regulator on a gas line blew up and blew a room up in a house and caused the chimney to fall over on a 16 year old kid had just come back from getting his driver's license. And she used that to jar people to try to make a point that infrastructure's just been a problem for two years now. I looked at her said, Senator Warren, when I was a detective in 1977, because of poor infrastructure in Auburn, Alabama, a gas line blew up a whole block and blew law offices off the map and there was a hole. It looked like somebody had dropped an atom bomb. And I said, it didn't just start two years ago. We've had issues with infrastructure because of people promising money because there's not enough money. This pork, what do they call it, Pork barrel? Yeah. It, you know, that's the problem, is, 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 is greasing people's palms and not spreading it out and helping out. I mean, we've had problems with infrastructure since I was a little kid. We had dirt roads in the city, dirt roads in the city most of my life. My motorcycle wreck was on a dirt road in the city. And so I'm telling you, it's been a problem. She's trying to make it sound like it's just because of this administration. I've lived through what, how many, ten, eight administrations, you know? Uh, And and none of them do what they say they're going to do. But she, she looked at me and she could tell, you know what? This old boy's lived a little bit of life and she she was talking to a bunch of kids that don't have any experience. And I've been watching this stuff my whole life and she backed off and she became a little bit more, more amiable and and, and easier to talk to because, uh, she had one of her boys that didn't like her from Boston. And I was there and going to ask her about these things. And John was calming him down. It was just a really odd thing to start off the trip with somebody who's against our very existence as born-again Christians and have a decent conversation with them. Yeah, you know, I thought that was that I thought favor was shifting our way when that happened. And then Harriet came and she had this waitress prophesy over what she was doing. You this girl didn't know us from Adam's house cat. I mean you start having these things like this happen. And you know, God's doing something because it's such an unusual thing. Yes. Went over. That his he sure did. The guy that had called her a communist, they had a picture and they kind of came to some kind of resemblance of, okay, you got your side and I got my side. It, it, it wasn't ugly anymore, but it, the flesh never wins. It never wins. It never wins. But I wondered what I was going to share that really impacted us, what would be an impact. And God gave me a word two days ago. He woke me up. And he told me to tell y'all what we did that y'all could do too. What we did on a national and international level, you're supposed to be doing it on a local level. And I'm about to teach you how to do it at your home. Whether you receive it or not is up to you. Uh, but I'm going to ask Grandma and Grandpa to come up and Mom and Daddy to come up. I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm going to need me three new kids to be the kids in this little skit. Who am I going to let be the kids in this? I had the uh, uh, Pagan brothers this morning. They were the kids. Ho, huh? You want to be a kid? come be a kid then. You and David. and Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to hand her off because you don't want to do. All right, y'all are, y'all are kids, of course. There's your grand. As a mom? All right. So so here we are. We're going, to, we're going to do, I'm going to show you from a mom and daddy, kids, and grandpa and grandma perspective. This is all we do. But we do it nationally and internationally. And we have international fruit. We have proof of fruit. If you want to talk about it, come talk to us about it. And we'll show you proof of our fruit, of God changing things from a national perspective right now, which would affects international perspective. And, and we've, we've had it change some things. We're not complete. We ain't perfect. But we've had some things that happened that were truly miracles. It changed perspective and changed things and changed things better for Christians. Uh, and so, and this is what you do. But they live on a street in an area where a lot of people hide from the, from the law in the area where they live. They don't know it. They have at least... between 11 and 18 child predators within five miles of them. They don't know that, but I know it. You do. You do. And I don't know where they moved any of them or how many of them is going to. At any time, three or four of them can go to jail for not reporting where they live. So it's going to be between 11 and 18 within five miles of where you live. So they don't want their grandkids out on the road because their neighborhood can be dangerous. It's just the way it is. Uh, They don't want their house to be broken into because it's back in the woods. So what do they do? Well, they can get big dogs. They can get cameras. We're we're talking about people got good sense All right, and you can get cameras before I was so rudely interrupted, and and they 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 can get alarms and they can spend a bunch of money and they can do all that and, and that's fine, but we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. There are demons and devils that want to upset your cart and stop you from being effective. The same thing with us. There was little things happening the whole time we were there, Josh. To try to stop us from our mission. Yep. We had this vision. We had this mission that God gave us. And every moment it seemed like. We would run into something that wanted to stop us. From our mission. That was still time. And we only had so much time. To get the things done that God told us to do. And the traffic was atrocious. Because all these nuts were there protesting. I mean you know crazy people. And you're trying to get through. And the streets are about that wide. And the God's got us in a van, a a glorified bus that's called a van, and I'm trying to drive this thing, and folks there are not nice driving. If you don't cuss there, you're really born again. (laughs) I found out that I was number one in Washington, D.C. a couple of times, too. I wasn't going fast enough for them. So, so, What we do is what I've got represented here. You understand? So what we do, the Lord told me that y'all can do. Y'all can actually transition what we did in Washington, D.C. into your neighborhood for you to be the kingpin spiritually in your neighborhood and ward off the devil from messing with you, your kids, and your grandkids. But you have to do something. You can't think think yourself insignificant, number one. You can't think you've got to go to Washington, D.C. to get anything done naturally. This can't be too small for you. You can't despise small beginnings. So you and your husband, Emily, y'all two, me and Kathy, on a local level, you and know, it... it, it It's not too small for us because we've been on a a national stage. We can't think like that. Well, this is beneath us. We'll hire one of the servants to do it. You know, that's not the attitude. You two, where you live, you got some neighbors that are suspect. Their eyes are a little bit too close together. One One of them's got blue hair. Y'all too, honestly. Y'all too. Now, here's the problem. Y'all don't have any kids to be your second level of prayer, to pray for you. That's your problem. Right? You don't have any local grandparents to pray for your second level who is praying for you. See, that's what we got. We got the main prayer warriors praying. For the neighborhood to shift and change and pump, become more spiritually productive for Christ. That's their thing. Then we got their children who are praying for them to be safe in what they're doing, engaging the enemy to shift the atmosphere in the neighborhood and make it safe to walk down the, 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 the street yeah. like it used to be for us. We used to leave the door open, we left our car doors open. We left our windows open with a Walmart fan going. Brrrr. Back then it was Woolworths fans. Because we didn't have air conditioning. You know, we had good screens, though we didn't like those wombat mosquitoes. And so grandma and grandpa are praying for the children on this, on this level here to protect the children who are interceding for the parents who are interceding for something to shift in the neighborhood to change what's going on in the neighborhood so you can witness to your neighbors and become more productive in changing the atmosphere and the life that's around you. Don't tell me you can't do that. Okay. All of you don't have children that have got sense enough to pray. You don't. Or all of you don't have grandparents who have got sense enough to pray for the children and know how to intercede for the children to protect them who are praying for them, that level. But y'all can have a buddy system prayer partners. And y'all can do this. Like Y'all can pray for the neighborhood like Monday. And y'all can intercede for them. And y'all can draw somebody to intercede for y'all and protect y'all. Then on Wednesday or Friday, whenever y'all got time, y'all can pray for the change in the neighborhood. And then y'all can intercede for them and y'all can draw somebody to pray for y'all like maybe your dad and mom to pray over y'all to protect y'all while y'all trying to protect them. Y'all can get this thing done. You just got to get some prayer partners. But you'll start seeing breakthroughs in your neighborhood like we're seeing breakthroughs nationally and internationally. Amen. But you got to put in a little time. Are you interested? Yeah. That's, that's what's important that you see That you can change something. And it won't take you 10 years to do it. If you hope, it may never change. If you're proactive, it'll change soon. Well, I hope it changes, Lord. No! The violent take this kingdom by force. You go to war. But you need somebody interceding for you and somebody interceding for the intercessors. And you've got to get, you've got to come up with it. You kids can do this. You young adults can do this, y'all here. You've really got some neighbors that are suspect. Don't you want them saved? Look what y'all could do just in the neighborhood there. I mean, y'all could, y'all could have the whole thing going there and change up and down the road and behind. You can affect the atmosphere over the big church as well as the old church. I mean, y'all have got the manpower and the woman power to do this thing for sure. And you ain't got to walk but just next door to do it. And it don't take ten hours or five hours. It, take, it takes, you'll do it till you break through. And usually, if you're right with God, you, you, God hears you, you'll break through quickly. It's shocking how quick we broke through. I mean, we broke through in a lot of places The same day, at different times, God gave us breakthroughs. Every day, we were there, that week at war. It was shocking, what happened. Can y'all see this? Can y'all see you doing this? I mean, you can sit in front of the TV if you want to, and hope. Or you can click that TV off, and you can put an hour in this with somebody, twice a week, and you watch your, your neighborhood change, and you watch it easier. You watch it become easier, and you watch burglars come through your neighborhood, and and it hit everybody's house but yours. Because you've got angels standing over watch. But you've got to put some time in. And that's all we do. What I'm showing you, this is all we do. It's all we do. It's childlike as they said. This is what we do. That's it. And God honors it. That's the cool thing. God honors it. And if you'll do it at your house, he'll honor it too. Amen. And that's what I wanted to show you. you. This can become your neighborhood. You can have breakthroughs. And we can testify every week of breakthroughs if you'll get up off of it and do it. All right? All right, thank y'all. Hey, go not sit your butt down. I'll uh, I'll show you how a daddy's supposed to act. (laughs) Wow, 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 (laughs) wow, here we go. Oh, we know how to have fun. There's some crazy folks in our church, and I love it. In all of our churches. Quit, Quit acting like your granddaddy. It sure is good to see old Richard up there playing the guitar today. You know that jucker was a missionary. Up there four weeks out of a plane crash, and he's on his back on the worship team with a fracture, with a fracture in his neck and three down his back. That's crazy. I looked up there, and I saw him on, on that guitar. I went, oh, my God. That's a bad man right there. You know you, couldn't, you know, you can't tell nobody that. You know, I was in a plane crash four weeks ago fractured my neck and threw it out my back and I helped lead worship this morning. Were, you weren't in a plane crash, fool. You fell out of a wagon. <laughs> they wouldn't believe it. If you tell somebody that, don't even, they know used to tell these people outside our church. They don't know that they were in a plane crash. Uh, they would, they would not believe what I walked in and said and saw just now. It's always good to see you up there, though. Man, the devil tried to kill y'all if he's ever tried to kill anybody. Wow, that was something. man, please get a name brand plane next time. No more kites. No more flying kites. No more Fred Flintstone airplanes. <laughs> it was really a nice airplane. I don't know what happened. It was fast, I know that. But it's good to have visitors back. Uh, I'm excited that y'all came. Thank y'all for coming. Uh, I believe we learned something tonight. I believe we got our faith increased and our hope increased, and I believe that you got a vision at your house how to change the atmosphere. It's m- more simple than it is hard. It's uh, the devil's a liar, and he tries to deceive us and make us think that the things of God are are unreachable for us because we're just nobody. Nobody. Everybody's nobody without Jesus you got to understand that. We all need Jesus. We all need the Holy Ghost. We all need the Father. And, and without that, we're all, we are all just beating our head against the wall. But the neat thing about it, we can shift now. And we can take this vision. And we can be our own Operation Breakthrough T- uh, Prayer at, in our neighborhoods. Why don't you lead your neighborhood? Why don't you start in your neighborhood at your house? And watch things start to change when you shift the atmosphere. Okay? All right. Let's pray um, and dismiss. I'm going to ask Pastor Joy Strong. Pray and dismiss us, sir.